Can you hear me now? Oh, there we go. I got you, brother. Awesome. <laughs> we got it. I had, get, had to get the wife involved. So, you know, I mean, it's her computer so she can get it going. Oh, mate, this Zoom, it's killing everyone, mate. How are you, brother? How are you going? Good, man. I appreciate your time, Hazem. No, no problem. No worries. Yeah, man. So we'll just roll. It's just super casual, man. So we'll just talk a bit about, um, you know, you growing up in Lebanon and then your transition to Australia, obviously soccer to rugby league and all that fun stuff, mate. No worries. Sounds good, brother. You're looking good, mate. Still looking good. Uh, trying to, bro. Just... It's hard, man. Winter kills me a bit. You put on them few kilos and then after that, trying to get back into some training. I think it's mainly working in the house, doing, doing a little bit of renovation. That doesn't, it's endless, never finishes, you know. So it uh, keeps me active anyway. Yeah, good stuff, man. All right, bro, we'll just roll into it. Hazem, thanks no, for joining bro. me, man. Actually, actually, do you mind if I go live on Facebook too? Yeah, no worries, brother. All right, sweet. Let's do it. One sec. Let me just jump on Facebook. All right. All right, let's do it. All right, Hazem, let's roll, man. Thanks for joining me, bro. My pleasure. Now, Hazem, mate, take us back to, you know, obviously you grew up in Lebanon. As many people know, you're an NRL superstar, man, but it all started back at home. So what was it like growing up in Lebanon, man? Yeah, look, um, obviously, growing up around the family was always enjoyable. Um, um, arriving to Australia was um, tough because I didn't have much, um, you know, uh, relatives around here. Uh, so I only had two uncles and an auntie. But, you know, that, that's the sort of fun bit about it in, in Lebanon. But, you know, other than that, it was, it was tough, mate. You know, we... Um, I've, um, I was born there. I arrived to Australia at the age of 12, but I endured um, a lot of, uh, you know, trials over there as well. And uh, in particular, as a young kid growing up with four other siblings, which is five of us, and my sister was born in Australia two years later here when we arrived. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, like just enjoying the war, the war itself, um, you know, no electricity, no water, you know, I mean, you um, had to skip school, not skip or miss school numerous times because all of a sudden, you know, wars, war will start, the civil war in, in, in particular in Tripoli. Um, so, yeah, you know, like you, you, the memories are still haunt you sometimes. Um, um, you know, you get that, um, you know, when, in, uh, when the moonlight is on and, all you hear is shattered glass and you know everywhere and so look it, it's kind of um i try to sort of bypass it and i try to not to think about it too much but look there, there was a lot of positives as well of course um but during probably you know the most i remember was that as i said is it's actually the war itself yeah it was a tough time mate now now tell us about the horse riding Heard you uh, yeah, your look, horse um, riding, mate. Do you still get around to doing that? Yeah, look, no, not anymore. Um, you know, finished when we finished rugby league, had the you know the the lower Lebanese back, the L four L five. So, um, and you know, like obviously, uh, you know, you move on in life, and I haven't done it for quite a while now, probably over ten years that I haven't. Uh, actually, sorry, uh, two years ago we went to um, 
uh, Queenstown and we went for a horse ride there. So that was a good fun, you know what I mean, with the holiday with the family. But other than that, it's just been a, quite a long time, you know. It's something that, you know, it's a phase that I enjoyed for a bit with the boys and um, uh, now I sort of don't get a chance to, to go out there and do it, you know. So, um, yeah, but I'd love to do it again. Um, it was just, a, you know, like a good phase at the time. It was more of an outlet at the time where, they, um, you know, away from footy, uh, you know, just went spent some time with, you know, with the horses. The kids were young; they loved seeing you know a few horses. and went for a few horse riding here and there. So um, yeah, it was a good times. How important is it to get away from the footy, man? Like while you're into it, and it'll be a crazy time, man, because that's all you're thinking about pretty much. Eh? It'll consume so much of your life. Look, absolutely. You as as a a full-time rugby league player and a full-time athlete, you need some an outlet um, to get your mind off because um, when you're in that bubble itself, um, it consumes you mentally. So um, uh, uh, although it sounds easy to switch on and off, um, but you, you need to be able to do that. So um, I, I try to do that as much as I can where, you know, obviously spending time with the families, um, you know, just a bit of horse riding back then, um, uh, you know, it, it just sort of, it's always there, especially being a local um, kid around the area, everywhere I went, it was always in your face and people were always asking questions, whether it's about you, about the, you know, about the, the team, you know, I mean, moving forward. So it sort of consumes you all over. And until this day, I'll still get it. doesn't matter if I'm playing or not, people still ask me about the Bulldogs and what's happening and what's going on. And, uh, you know, so um, I guess that all comes part of the job. And, um, um, but obviously now you're sort of in a, I'm in, a, in a different place. I can just give him short answers and say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're far from it now, mate. Man, um, so, mate, so you started playing soccer, hasn't Yeah, again, look, um, going back to Lebanon, uh, uh, since probably the age of five or six, I had um, uh, a couple of uncles and um, where they uh, they had their factory in the next street. And... Um, uh, you know, they said, "Listen, there's a there's a you know, team here. We know the guy really well, and um, we know the boys. So you know, go um, and have a go with them." So I grew up, as I said, probably playing soccer for about you know four to five years in Lebanon uh, until I came to Australia at the age of twelve, as I said. And um, from there on, I um, I played soccer here till the age of uh, seventeen, eighteen, um, and then uh, I, you know made the transition to rugby league. Oh, so you never touched a footy until after eighteen, huh? Uh, look, in, in a competition, um, I played year 11 and 12. And my year 12, I played for junior rugby league side, which is the Enfield Federals at the time. But before that, it was just, you know, park footy, um, touch footy. I played a lot at school. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, just general backyard stuff with, you know, some teammates and that. But just loved the game. I used to play uh, uh, the soccer game on, on a Sunday and um, and take off from there with a couple of mates, go straight to um, uh, Belmore Sports Ground, watch um, sometimes the reserve grade and, the, you know, and then the first grade, watch the whole game and then come back home. So I lived in Belmore as well and went to Belmore Boys High School, which wasn't that far away. Um, so yeah, look, I, um, the school itself, I had a lot of, you know, obviously Bulldog supporters and, um, um, you know, a couple of teachers that actually were trainers, you know what I mean? Um, at, um, at the Bulldogs as well. So, you know, the conversation was always active there. That's crazy, man. You know, like even looking forward to, to the career you had, man, you know, not having that background, you know, people usually start playing at six, seven years old, but you yeah, came you were natural on the wing there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, look, when, if you, I always, 
you know, tell their kids when I go to schools and that, and that if you have a knack for something, um, you got to have the passion for it. And if you do, you'll give it all you've got. So you've got to love what you do. And I loved rugby league. Um, you know, it just it gave me freedom. It was different to playing the game of soccer. But I, my parents wouldn't allow me to play at the time. And they said, listen, stick to what you know best at the moment. It's soccer. Just continue playing that. And um, I did that until, as I said, I got to the age of 17, 18. And I just said, Dad, Mom, you know, I really want to play. I've got a good friend of mine, um, Ahmed Daisley, his name is. And um, I said, um, he started driving. And his, his mother is a fantastic, you know, person. She, she, she came to my mum and said, listen, I will make sure I'm there. I'll take my son. So I'll take your, my, your son with me. And, uh, you know, we'll make sure he'll play. They play together and stay together. And I'll look after him. And my mum was sort of, oh, okay. And mum and dad sort of said, okay, look, give it a try. And, um, and yeah, so I went from there. Played about, I think, 15 to 18 um, junior leagues and junior league games. Um, and then uh, a fullback at the time. And, um, and then, yeah, as I said, I had a couple of, I think, selectors um, from... Um, from the Bulldogs watching our school games and um, watching um, uh, some of the ga- the junior league games as well. And um, and they gave me a call and they said, listen, why don't you try out for our try-on squad? And I said, oh, I didn't know about it. They said, look, just come down. You know, I'd be part of the squad and we'll get from there. And that's how we went, sort of 1994 um, off-season. I spent it doing a little bit of training and trialling out for um, the Bulldogs. So, um, uh, you know, as I said, and I made... I ended up making, I went straight to 21. So I didn't even play flag, although I was yeah, an 18, 19 at the time. I went straight to 21 um, and had a, a fantastic coach, you know, Stan Cutler, champion guy. It just took me under his wing. He's an ex-fullback. Um, uh, and then uh, he just taught me the ins and outs. I, as I said, he knew I was raw. He knew my experience was limited. And he just took me under his wing and he just said to me, look, this is some of the things that, you know, you try to do. And I've become like a sponge. I absorbed everything. I made sure that um, I followed the instructions, followed plenty of questions and just dedicated. And I had the right attitude moving forward. And towards the end of that year, in 1995, obviously the Bulldogs won the grand final, which is, you know, enormous. It's just, um, it, it kind of, uh, you know, refreshed my hunger even more seeing, you know, you know, the people and the streets and the support for the Bulldogs. And um, uh, it just made me, as I said, get even more hungrier. And I ended up towards the end of that year making um, uh, making reserve grade. Played about four or five games and started off at fullback as well. So the transition was so rapid. Um, I still freak out how it sort of happened. As I said, within one year, I was playing school rugby league. The next year, I'd jump in straight to 21s, end up playing reserve grade towards the end. And then a year after that, 96, I'm, I'm meant to start up fullback for the reserve grade. Wow. Uh, it was Friday. Sunday is the game. Um, Matthew Ryan gets injured on in the centres. They said, oh, you know, has him, you jump on the wing. And they just moved someone to the centres. And I was like, okay, so I'm playing first grade now. And they said, yes, you know what I mean? So it was, it was a bit hard to, um, to uh, you know, comprehend at the time. Or, um, uh, but, yeah, again, within, so within two years, um, uh, you know, as I said, I've, I started in 95, 96, was playing first grade. So, what was it like being around people like Terry Lamb, Mortimer? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was excellent. I always looked up to um, uh, Terry, you know. Um, uh, Turvey at the time, I think when we arrived in Australia, we arrived in 1988, so it was his last year. And of course, they won the grand finals at that time as well. Uh, but it was mainly Terry Lamb. So, I loved, you know, loved uh, Turvey, but, but, 
Terry Lamb was always a guy that um, you know you grew up watching and admiring for a long time. So, and I got the chance to actually play alongside him in his final year because he, he he retired in '95, but come back in '96 um, out of retirement. So to get a to get a few, um, you know a few games, ten or fifteen games um, alongside Terry was um, was one of the, you know the highlights growing up at that time. Um, but there was a lot of championing guys uh, at that side. You know, I remember, as I said, Matthew Ryan was you know fantastic to deal with. Um, Rod Silva, you know, I mean, Rod I, I Silva. Yeah, you know, uh, ringed with these guys and had um, a lot of admira admiration for them. And, um, and, and they were just, you know, like really good guys to sort of get along with. It made your job a lot more easier. Man, how important is belief when you come into uh, the trades? You, you, look, um, you, you come across a lot of people with a lot of, with a lot of, talent um you know they, they might have the passion and that but they like they like they lack that self-belief and you 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 know and you come across some other guys that they don't have they're raw they don't have the talent but they're willing to work hard and they believe in themselves and you see them excel a lot more than the others so self-belief is 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 so important you got to have that passion you know what i mean that goes along and of course you know if you're talented that's in the bonus if you um you know that you know extra hard work and attitude all sort of plays a part, a part um of that journey that you, you're taking but self-belief is 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 one of the main things that you need to be able to have because you need to have that confidence. You need to be able to, um, you know, take, you know, a few punches on the chin and just get back out there and do it because, you know, it's the belief that you, you sort of, um, you've built your, um, you've built your, uh, you know, your, your attitude on. Yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's, it's so true, man. But even with, even with goal kicking, like you need to believe yourself, you know, like, like to have a record you had, um, mate, I can't even imagine the stuff that's going through your head in the big yeah, game. Again, you've got to be resilient, mate. You've got to, you've got to have these um, thoughts in, in, in your head all the time. You know, there's always going to be a self-doubt that jumps in, especially being a goal kicker. It's honestly, it's a lonely world, you know. So people might think, you know, yeah, look, it's, you know, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's an easier job, for example, um, you know what I mean? But you miss a couple and all of a sudden, you know, things start to sort of um, play up on your mind. And then you know, you've got the crowd. Out, you, know? um, you have a bit of wind, you know what I mean, that's coming, uh, you know, uh, playing up, uh, swelling wind, the rain, you know what I mean, your boots are saturated with water, uh, you know, you're fatigued, you've got a couple of injuries, you know what I mean, you're trying to sort of, um, uh, uh, I guess, eliminate all that. You have the crowd obviously on the side, they're playing a big part and, and always, you know, in, in your mind, uh, uh, but again, you've got to eliminate all that. You've got to be able to sort of stay focused on the job. And that's something I, I, I always um, uh, built myself upon. I, I actually loved when the crowd used to tease on the sideline. I loved the pressure beats in that, although it took, um, you know, a couple of years because I was never a goal kicker beforehand. I was a, um, I played rugby league. I played, sorry, five years without, um, I think kicking, I'll kick 10 goals in five years. That's because Halligan got injured in 1999. And I just filled in for about three or four games. But um, so these five years, I never kicked um, uh, as a full-time kicker until 2001. And so sort of, that's one of the things that you sort of start to build. Other than the foundation that you need to build through kicking for myself, because I never, I was a kicker beforehand. Um, 
but it's just that mental aspect. And I had to learn pretty quick. And the reason being is that I took over kicking from someone like Darren Halligan called the Super Boot, you know, used to kick him from everywhere. Um, being a local kid around the area didn't help because every kick you missed, everybody told you about. You know, I'll walk the streets down in Belmore or Lekemba to get something to eat. Sometimes and go back to training at Belmore and you'll be having a, such a good day. And all of a sudden, um, what happened? What happened to the kick, bro? What happened? And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. Little did I know, I was actually going out there every single day. Literally the first year I took over kicking, I only had three months to get ready. So 2000, Hannigan retires um, pretty much in October or, or, or September, say September or October. Um, it, was, it was pretty much a, a, a coin toss between myself, Sherwin, uh, Braithan Astor at the time, um, uh, to whoever is going to take the goal kick. Um, and I just took it upon um, myself to go out there and train and lay, lay the foundation. Uh, again, I was never a goal kicker, so it's different kicking a soccer ball to kicking a footy. Um, you can kick 5, 10, 15 goals, 20 goals, but to be able to be a full-time goal kicker is completely different to... Um, to um, yeah, so it's completely different. So for me, I had to actually take that upon myself and go out there every single day. So I'll train twice with the the, the, the team and I'll either go at, go early or go later. And I'd always do that. I'd make sure and that I did that. So at times I'd drive home, pick up my two young kids at the time. There would have been probably about... Um, Sorry, that came later on, later on, other than 2001. So 2003 and four, I, I, to, to keep it going, I'll, I'll take my kids with me, you know what I mean? Just having sitting there and my wife, obviously, you know what I'm saying? But as long as I can spend time with them and kick at the same time, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, but yeah, all, look, all comes part of the process. To get to the top, you need to lay the foundation. You need to sacrifice a lot of time, um, effort, and I, I, as I said, I made sure I did that. I ticked, every, <coughs> sorry, I ticked every box. I made sure that I had no regret. I entered every game with no regret. I've done my homework. I've done everything that I could, um, and the rest was, um, you know, I mean, up to you know, the Almighty God. That's awesome, man. And and you've proven it. You know, like coming from soccer, going to league, not having much time to be a goal kicker, and just how important the work is, man. You know, and like you said, yeah. Sorry, Hazem. No, no, exactly. Again, look, you're going to have pride in everything that you do. And that's just me. I, everything I do, I try to perfect it. You know what I mean? Um, you're never going to be perfect, but you try to perfect it as much as you can. So I, I tried that as much as I can. I, um, again, I just didn't want, to, didn't want to have any excuses at all. You know? So if I failed, I failed with my head eye. Hi, you know, so that's how it is for me. Um, uh, you know, once you tick every boxes, you have no regrets. Doesn't mean you're going to get every single kick, but that means that at the end of the day, if you missed a vital kick, you sit back and you go, there was nothing else I could have done. Yeah, it's meant to You've be done the work. To be, yeah, yeah, I love that, man. Actually, I, I had um, I had General General Patton on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and he was saying he used to stay back um, and take some bombs. So he, he came from the same side as you, man. He said you were a hard worker. You know, Bobcat Ryan, he said, was one of the hardest workers too he's played with. Who would you say, man, was one of the hardest yeah, workers? 
Look, there was um, there was a time there. Again, look, you get two different personalities. You know, it's funny. Um, Luke was always a great trainer. Um, uh, you know, Pricey and Bobcat, always fantastic, led by example, um, and played well. So, but you get again, you get the other dynamics of of players that you come across where, come training, they're always you know in the last five, but come game time. Mate, they're unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? They're always there. And, and, and two guys that, or three guys that stand out for mine is Matty Utai. You know, Matty wasn't their best trainer. <laughs> but he Utai. killed the game time. Nigel Van Gana wasn't the best trainer, but game time killed it. And Rod Silva. Oh, really? No, mate, Rod Silva. You know what I mean? Again, he wasn't one of the best trainers. But come game time, these guys are in the zone. Um, uh, and again, you get the, the other ones that sort of train hard and play hard. So, um, um, uh, you know, so that's the sort of different t- dynamics of people. For me, I was always about, um, you know, I wanted to push myself to the extreme. So therefore, come game time, mentally I'm prepared. Physically, of course, but mentally I'm there. I've done the work and it's always been there. And I, again, as I said, I, um, there is nothing else I could have done that, um, that I, I, you know, I'd have regrets. Yeah, awesome, man. Now, what about Folksy, man? Steve Folksy, it was a bit sad what happened to him, but, um, mate, that guy was in the best shape of his life. Like, he looked like an intense character. What was Folksy like, man? Yeah, look, uh, he, he was. He was, to be honest. And, look, I'll tell you a quick story about Folksy. Um, I think uh, the thing about him is that he was always um, dedicated. Even though he retired, obviously, and coach and all that, he always sort of ate the right food and always trained. So he'd be... Um, come off season, him and the physio and all that would go out and do a lot of bulk orders. So when we come back, um, we, we, you know, we won't be as fit as, and they'll be leading the way the whole time. And you're talking, you know, probably each session 50, 60 Ks wow. at a time. So, um, you know, he'd be ready to go um, uh, bulk ride. And we all sort of trying to chase them until, as I said, we catch up later on in a couple of weeks. Um, but I'll tell you the story that I was, I was saying that some of the boys, I think, dared him and they said, if we do win the grand final, that was in 2004, yeah. would you have a burger, a Big Mac? Um, and he said, oh, I don't know, I'll have to see. So when we won the grand final at presentation night, he was up on the stage and they surprised him. They bought him a Big Mac on a plate and they said, well, we won the grand final. You know what I'm saying? Here you go. Can you, you know, man, you can eat that now. And then... And he refused and he wouldn't even eat. You know what I mean? Yeah, again, it just shows you like, you know, how mentally strong and um, he was. Although, as I said, he was retired. We won the grand final and all that, but he wouldn't eat it. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was was sad to see. Actually, I just remembered when I was talking to the general, he was telling me that Mark Emili, apparently at training, like he's seen him knock people out. Like he's just 200% every session. Is that... Yeah, look, I'd describe Mike's probably one of the toughest guys as well um, that I played alongside. Um, he's just one of these guys that um, he's, he's like really raw and tough, you know. And and a couple of a couple of stories about Mark as well is that um, uh, when we first got him to the club in 2002, um, um, I think it was 2002, one, yeah, 2002. I think it was his first year. We are playing the Warriors and we always struggled against the Warriors the first, especially 15, 20 minutes because they had always such a big forward pack. And, um, you know, you'll have to, you had to absorb so much. So a lot of times we'd be 12 to 18 points almost behind. And then we sort of get to catch up, you know. Um, 
Um, but I remember that time I was playing on the wing. Don, uh, Don Smith was in the centres next to me. And I remember that time, um, at, uh, the, the game itself, he was, he was calling all the big Warriors forwards out. And you're talking Joe Bungana, you know I mean? One of the biggest boys and all them other guys. And, and he just pointed at him and going, come on, come on, you know what I mean? And we got, me and Smithy, we were like, he's gone, you know what I mean? And mate, he would take the ball up. Two, three of them just wanted to absolutely kill him, you know what I'm saying? And he would just bounce off and keep going. So he kept, doing that, kept doing that the whole game. And I, I thought to myself, that was one of his first, I think, two or three games. Um, and I think we played him at Wellington that time too. Because um, we, um, and, and I just thought to myself, wow, you know, like <laughs> this guy just no self preservation whatsoever. And he just kept going and going. Um, mind you, I thought he was crazy just in the dressing room because I was walking to the toilet and I looked and I'm thinking, What's he doing? And I realised he had DP or Vicks, sorry, Vicks sitting there. And, you know, we all have put a little bit of Vicks on the chest just to help you breathe in a little bit, whatever. He was just dipping in with his hands and going all over his head in between. I've heard a bit of that, man. And I was like, I just kept going. I was going, okay, you know what I mean? I'm not going to (laughs) even ask you, you know what I mean? But, um, you know what I mean, whatever works for him. But, mate, I'm telling you, yeah, it worked for him for a long time. He's one of these... um, uh, really, you know, tough guys, and he trained like you played. So a lot of a lot of the guys would avoid him during training because you know you know he's, he's gonna just jump on top or do something or wake you out. And so um, and then if you complain, he'll just go oh, you soup, mate. You know what I mean? So, so but uh, yeah, I love Mark. He's just one of these raw guys. Mate, you're, mate, that team in 04, so I'm a big Sharks fan, man, but my whole family are crazy dog fans, man. Yeah, yeah. Back in the Mortimer days and stuff. But, uh, mate, that 04 grand final, I remember watching it, man. Um, mate, what's your memories of that grand final, man? Or that year in general? Uh, yeah, look, um, for me in particular, again, look, I'll, I'll just take you back a bit. So in 95, my first year, they ended up winning the grand final. And I was like, yeah. oh, man, I really wanted to be part of it. Um, you know, so I came in one year later. So... 98, I got demoted and they made the grand final again, although they didn't win it against such a side like Brisbane. But, um, you know, you wanted to be to be part of it. And, you know, you got sort of, we got, I think, second in 2001 and got knocked out in the semis. 2002, we thought, this is our year, it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden we get done for the salary cap and we're like, what oh, the yeah, hell happened? None of us knew about that. So come over three, um, we played... I think the Roosters in uh, the prelim. And again, we thought, okay, we'll win. Hopefully we can win that one and go on. And then we ended up, you know, we saved our worst game to the last and we, we lost that game. And I thought, is it, maybe it's not meant to be, you know, that, that would have been, I think, then my ninth or tenth, uh, ninth year. And then my tenth year would have been in 2004. And again, the year started off so rocky because of the Coffs Harbour crap and that. And then we ended up going through and then we got towards the end. And we lost the first semi-finals against the Cowboys. And we, yeah. you know, you sit back and you go, man, maybe this is just not meant to be. Um, and again, um, you know, we ended up building momentum again. You know, we got through to the grand final and played the Roosters. And um, and you, you, we went in that half-time behind. And the Roosters, I think that year, have never lost a game um, that they've led from, you know, from, uh, they've led at half-time. 
So again, for us, it was a hard task, but luckily enough, we got back there. You know, I mean, as I said, the second half started and we, we, were, we were able to score within the first five minutes and the rest is history. So uh, for me, you know, personally, to win a grand final with a lot of my teammates, you know, I mean, in particular, a lot of the guys that, you know, in 2002, um, you know, we, um, uh, we, you know, we got sort of kicked out because the salary cap and a lot of us didn't know about it. We had a lot of junior guys in that team, a lot of guys that stepped up, started playing well. Um, you know, I mean, in this day and age, they probably all, you know, of course you can, you get to keep all of them. You know, I mean, we weren't able to do that. So yeah, um, I think we had some of like 15 guys come through the junior system itself, but you know, you weren't allowed to keep them because, um, you know, the, the, the cap itself wasn't, and what was happening behind closed doors, none of us knew um, about that, you know. So, um, and then again, so in 03, was meant to be, it didn't. And to go through the dramas in 04 at the beginning, that sort of brought us all together and to, to finally win a grand final in that particular year, um, it was just, you know, jubilation. Um, it was, it was um, you know, it was one of the probably best, the best moment um, for myself um, in my career and uh, for in rugby league itself. So, um, um, you know, it's it's something that you look back on, and every time grand final comes, you sort of reminisce and you um, you remember that particular time that happened in your life. So, would have loved to win more, but in saying that, at least we were one of the lucky ones that um, to come away with one. And you got to try too, huh? Yeah, got a good try too, man. Winning grand final tries. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, mate. But, um, mate, I think you were hard done by, especially with Origin, mate. Like, you, yeah, you got that one game, yeah? You had that Origin yeah, yeah. game. Yeah, but, mate, I, I believe you should have played more. But what was that like, man, getting the call up? Did you expect it later on in your career? Yeah, look, I, I kept knocking on the door all the time. I was... I was I was consistent um, for a long time there. Um, unfortunately, couldn't get the call up. They um, for New South Wales, they always wanted the big wingers, um, you know, so like forwards out at wide. But there's a lot more today because a lot of times, uh, you know, defensively they got found out. They ended up putting centres even that times out on the wing, um, and defensively, you know, what I mean they lost a couple of games because they just sort of quite didn't read it. Although people might think wingers, you know, um, uh, it's an easier position, but it's not. You're the last line of defence at times and you have two or three people coming at you at times. So you, and you've got to be there and read it well um, and you've got to get back there to make sure that you cover some of the kicks as well and yeah, you've got to work really well with your um, fullback as well. So, you know, I was able to do that, in particular with general, like you said, um, but, um, uh, yeah, it took a long time. I made uh, the city side something like five or six times. Um, you know, I, was, uh, I made the Australian side in 02, um, so five years before that. Uh, I just kept knocking on the door and just there wasn't an opportunity at all. Um, and, you know, I got to the age of 31 in 2007 where you think, you know, uh, there goes, you, you know, your dream is over and you... You never so I've kind of almost given up, especially I think was, yeah, it was two games and two nil uh, Queensland one other time. Um, and I get a call up on Friday, you know. Um, Jamie Lyon, I think, got it um, pulled out, got injured, and that. And they said, um, so they brought me in. And uh, and for me, it was you know, again, I use that as a lot of uh, uh, 
lot of the talks I talk about in, in schools that, you know, don't ever give up. You never know when the opportunity is there. So to get an opportunity at the age of 31, I think I was one of the oldest players to make the debut. And to me, that's actually a record I'm, I'm, I'm extremely happy about because it showed how consistent I was for a long time. Um, so to be able to, you know, play Origin at that age, um, at, you know, in, 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 in Brisbane, uh, at Suncorp Stadium, um, and in front of, you know, just the 50,000 people flew my, uh, you know, my wife, my brother, you know, my brothers and my brother-in-law. And for them to be able to sort of watch me in that arena in particular and to come away actually with the win. And the first few attempts, actually, I had three attempts and they were all out, and, out wide on, um, on, uh, on the sideline. And to be able to nail all them and play well and defensively, you know what I mean, made sure that I sort of, um, I read every play, went in there. So, and, and you're talking at a time where, you know, Queensland had, you know, the English Thurston, Billy Slater, all, all the big names, Smith and that. So, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's definitely uh, one of the highlights as well in my career. Yeah, mate. You had a great career, man. You've done, um, yeah, you've done amazing. I just wanted to talk you through, did you have any routines when you were coming up to kick? Like... Uh, look, I try to... Obviously, yeah, look, the... the uh, again, look... I, I talk a lot about it to a lot of the younger kids that want to kick. Building a rhythm is one of the most important because getting behind that ball, you need to be able to sort of go through the same process every single time. Um, at times, you need to adjust depending on the wind, depending on um, the circumstances. But that building that same rhythm and knowing where you are. So that would, there was times I can close my eyes and I knew exactly where I was and where where uh, where that ball was going to travel because you have to take over. That's it. Subconsciously, it's in my mind. I've done it. I've repeated it so many times that I knew exactly where it said that kick was going to go. So it was the same routine for me. Um, again, it's it's a matter of sometimes you know the 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 weather that plays played a major role. Sometimes I ever read it too much where the wind was you know playing up, and then when you when you sort of kick a kick. Um, uh, compensating for the wind, all of a sudden the wind drops and then you end up missing or, or whatever. So um, um, sometimes it's swelling around. So this, this is where I sort of struggled like every other kicker. So um, there was times I'd have, you know, 28 kicks from say 30 and I'm on a roll kicking well. And one game I'd miss three or four, yeah, probably about two or three. Um, and the reason being, again, as I said, you know, you think to yourself, okay, struggling from right to left, I'll give it a little bit more, and all of a sudden it drops, and you end up missing yeah. by, you know, I mean, a meter or two, or you know, you might hit the post or whatever. So look, I was towards the end there, I was consistent enough, and of course, you pick up a lot of lot more injuries towards the end, so uh, you can't practice as much as you want. Um, you know, I mean, I had tears in my hammies. Um, you know, people ask me sometimes, what's one of the worst injuries that you, you picked up? And all, although it's not a major, but, you know, I've done my ligaments in my left ankle and, and I could play. But come and kick, it's the, it's the foot that you plant, you rotate, you know, you balance on. Yeah. So every kick was actually excruciating painful. And the reason being, again, it's just that that's the one that it takes all the impact of your body, you plant it, the rotation of it. So it kind of, um, uh, it, it, it plays on your mind, you know. And then you, I'll have to adjust my whole kicking routine. That would have been probably in 07, I think, you know. And, um, and you start to miss a couple. And the boys, as if for a reason, they start 
all scoring them at wide. It's like, let my ankle get better. Score them a little bit. Next to the <laughs> Run it in and do whatever you want after that. Um, and then people start questioning, oh, what's happening? Look, your routine has changed, you know. Little do they know that, you know, as I said, you had to adjust so much because, because of, you know, as I said, just something, something as simple as, you know, you know, the ankle sort of uh, injury. But for a goal kicker, that's, that's major. Yeah. Now, nah, man, I respect you a hell of a lot, man. And, uh, mate, you've done so much for the game. You know, you're a truly good person. Hasn't, what are you doing these days, mate, post-NRL? How was that? Before that, what was, the transition, what was the transition like? Because I talked to, you know, boxers, NRL players, and they say the hardest bit is coming out of that bubble and transitioning into the real world. How hard was that for you, man? Did you kind of feel that? Oh, look, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's uh, you know, you can't deny that. No matter who, tell you, every single person feels feels it, you know. So um, the way I describe it, although, look, first, it took me it took me a couple of years to actually adjust, two or three years. And, you know, at times it probably cost me my marriage at the time because, you know, I, you want to... There's a lot of unfulfilled, unfulfilled promises from people. And the ones that you want to do, they've got you on hold waiting. And the ones that you don't want to do, they're there for you. So um, it's, it's a hard transition because, you know, there, there's a lot of things are in place now in, in the NRL and all that, but it's, it's different. It's been in that environment um, with your teammates. It's like leaving school, but even worse, if you know what I mean. So you're out in the real world now, you're on your own, of course, um, uh, but it's still, it makes it so hard. The way I sort of describe it to a lot of people and that it's, it actually gets taken away from you because in reality, you never want to give it up. Although, as I said, there's time for everyone, but you know, you never want to give it up because it's something that forever. you love. Yeah, you truly love and you want to do. Um, you know, if you're a doctor, if you're a mechanic, if you're, you know, whatever person, you have a trade, uh, you can be able to do that until you're 50, 60 and continue on, for example, until you're actually ready to go and say, listen, I've had enough, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. And change, change um, uh, uh, trade or, 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 um, or business. Time. But in this particular, um, you know, being an athlete, you have limited time and therefore it actually gets taken away from you and that's it. Your body tells you, and I'm not going to do it. Your mind wants to go on forever, but your body goes, mate, I've had enough. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's the sad thing about it is that you're not able to do it for a long time, but that's just unfortunately how it is, you know? So you're, you know, you've got a short time, you've got to make an impact. You've got to make, um, uh, as much, uh, how can I say, you know, money as much um fans as much uh, you know um as much you got to leave a legacy behind pretty much in that particular time um uh and yeah so the it, it is it is a very tough very tough transition um and and unless you've had something that you know that are built in place and as soon as you make the transition transition you're ready to go and it needs to be challenging at times you know you always need to challenge yourself you know being a, as i said a, a, an ex-athlete you know so um i'll do a little bit of renovation at the house now and my wife's always saying what what possesses you to do that what are you doing so I don't know, just challenging, and she just laughs. She goes, "Why don't you just get someone?" I said, "Yeah, I know, but I like to do the preparation first, then yeah. I can get someone." You know what I mean? I believe I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true; it's a bit of an escape because I, I used to be a tyler. Now I'm a trainer and a coach. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, man. Like I, I still enjoy getting hands-on too. Uh, look, I, I take pride in what I do. And sometimes I like, I like, I like doing these little things here and there. And um, of course, as I said, for the final, finish, final finishes and that, um, you know, you always want to get some. But at times you just want to see if it works for you. You know what I'm saying? So um, uh, I know she just kept shaking her head. She goes, look, you know what? I'm, I've given up. I'm just going to leave you on your own. <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah, it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Actually, actually, me and my fiance, we're doing renos at our place, and and I just changed the light switch, and she turned on the light, and it flushed the toilet. So I'm like, <laughs> I might call it, I might call it Sparky for that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't really happen. But anyway, I has some. Mate, what are you doing with yourself these days, mate? Yeah, look, I, I do. I've got a couple of ambassador roles that I do for a few, um, few, few people. Um, I'm still do a little bit with the Bulldogs on game day. Um, uh, you know, as an ambassador, so I enjoy that. Uh, uh, and um, you know, I do the odd goal kicking as well for a couple of young guys here and there. Um, so look, and you know, I'll keep myself busy. It don't, there's always something to do. So I've, um, uh, you know, I've backed off. I'm not into something full time. Um, so I just do bits and pieces here and there. Good on you, man. And, and it's more family time now. Absolutely. Yeah, Hazem, appreciate your time, brother. No, my Thanks. pleasure, Matty. No worries, mate. You're a true gentleman, man. Um, mate, for the listeners, where can they find you if they ever want to connect with you? How can we help you, man? Oh, uh, look, I'm, I'm, yeah, although I just jumped on Instagram about a year ago or so, you know I mean? But that's probably the best way um, to, um, you know, as I said, uh, connect or, um, you know, if they needed any videos or whatever it is, you know what I mean? So I just said, happy to do that. Um, so, yeah, either that or Facebook, but mainly Instagram that I, um, I control at the moment. Awesome, Hazem. Brother, appreciate it. Have a great weekend and, mate, all the best and uh, wish you all the success in the future, mate. My pleasure. No worries. Thanks, Matty. All the best, mate. Take care, Hazem. See you, mate. Yeah.